Hello, my friends, and welcome to Backable. This week, TK is joined by CEO of RyeFit International, Ryel Graber. She's the 2019 Miss Fitness International title holder and nine-time IFBB fitness champion. In this episode, Ryle opens up about the toll that her own drive placed on her in 2010, leaving her outwardly at the peak of her career, but privately broken. At rock bottom, she was faced with a choice. Follow the advice of the coaches she'd surrounded herself with and who had gotten her where she was, or turn inward and trust her own intuition to take the next steps on her journey. It's a great conversation. Hope you enjoy. We're very happy to welcome Rael Graeber, who, as you heard from the introduction, has done some absolutely amazing things. And Rael, first of all, welcome and thank you for joining the Backable team. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Thank you for having me here. I'm so excited to share some value and some tips uh, and strategies with your audience today. Wonderful. And I, I, we were just speaking off air and I was explaining that I'm always very excited to meet fitness orientated or focused people. I think there's a grounding in taking care of yourself, the way you see your body, the way you see your energy and that direct through line to business. Then maybe that's a great place to to kick off. How did we end up in this place, Raul? And I, you know, <laughs> I know that's a huge question to begin with because you've had already a very accomplished career, but why fitness to start with? Because that's obviously the the anchor for you in in some way, but how did you get into health and fitness to begin before even the competitions? Well, I I grew up actually in a small town Alberta, Canada, and I was I was always into uh, sports and activities, and it was a dream of mine to compete someday in a fitness competition. And I sort of followed that path of you know parents pressure and what are you going to do? What are you, you going to be when you grow up? And that's your hobby; those are your interests, and you can you know do that later. And I, I did have I had very supportive parents. They, they were awesome. But of course, that was what it was back then was, you know, what are you going to do and with your life and, and be per se and that a career defined who we were going to to be at that point. So I did. I pursued an education first and foremost, which was not in fitness and nutrition consulting. It was actually um, in dental hygiene. So I started studying science and ventured into um dental world feeling um, after seven years of practicing dental hygiene, unfulfilled and unsatisfied and being like, I have more to offer the world than than cleaning people's teeth. <laughs> and um, I wanted to pursue my passions more seriously. Um, so I started actually, I, I just jumped in, Tim. I, I, I was practicing dental hygiene full time. I was living overseas in Bermuda at the time. And I hired a coach. I didn't know what I was doing. I hired a coach. I hired a nutritionist. I hired a suit designer, a posing coach, and I wanted to learn. As we all know, you know, when you want to do something and do it well, you hire a coach and you learn. And it was something at the time I knew nothing about and was really extremely excited to learn about. And I started competing. And first year I started competing in fitness, I earned my professional status. So it sort of happened like, just this big bang and it and there it was a uh, all of a sudden I was a practicing dental hygienist but with this huge spark that had been ignited inside of me from actually just pursuing 
pursuing my dreams. And oh my goodness, now I could actually have the opportunity to do this professionally. So my my sport, Tim, is it was called it was called professional fitness. Um, and it's a it's a fusion of bodybuilding with a fitness routine, which is almost like a gymnastic strength routine on Red Bull. That's that's what we do. So you're extremely lean. And, you know, you are judged on your physique. So you have that aesthetic look. We have to look like statues and be about 5% body fat. But we have to perform. We have to actually be able to perform a two-minute, high-intensity, high-impact, entertaining routine. So it's a very interesting sport because um, the performance aspect doesn't necessarily correspond with um, what you're eating at that point and all of the above. So uh, I fell in love with the sport and I hit the ground running. I, um, I went back to school. I studied nutrition personal training. I set up my my consultancy at that point, And I just started slowly making this transition from the dental hygiene world into the wellness space um, back in 2006. That's where it all started. And it was it started from just following my heart. I had no idea where this was going to lead. All I knew was, and as most entrepreneurs, we love, um, we love, love, love what we do. This ignited me and made me feel alive. I love how you casually just, oh, I became professional in one year. Like oh, we, we can't just jump over some of these, what, what would be superpowers. I, I, I laugh because when people, when it becomes so normal and I, I guess entrepreneurially, you're the same, you know, it's like, oh, well, that, that was just the next step. You start something and then I'll be at the top of my sport. Can you maybe take us back there? Because I think what you discussed earlier, the process around how you see things, like I got a coach, I got a nutritionist, I got a posing coach. I mean, that's not normal for most people. And I'd really like to just explore that a bit because I don't think most people see how when you commit to something, you put the structure around you to give yourself the best chance of success. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Because I think that's very interesting for a lot of people listening that you would commit so hard so quickly to a pursuit. Did you want to be pro? That was the goal. um, And I put it up as a vision and exactly what you just said. I mean, I think we all know to be the best, you have to invest. And I went all in. I wasn't going to do something half. You know, why yeah. am I going to do something 50%? And at the end of the day, uh, when I stepped on that stage and I, I had to qualify, you know, and go through the stages to actually earn my professional status. But at that final competition, when I was up against other women who had been competing, you know, for many, many years, uh, one, one girl had been competing for over a decade. And this is like, <laughs> I'm like, hey, hi, how do I do this? Am I doing this right? I was going to know that I had given it my best shot in that short amount of time. And I think that's with anything in life. Uh, to be the best, you have to invest. I also invest in business coaches, you know, and personal growth. It's really, I think when you're, you're an overachiever, you want to do something the best, uh, it is, it's really important to invest and get all the tools that you can from as many different people as well and professionals, not people that just have the credentials, but the people that have been where you want to go. There's huge value in this. I agree. I, I had a, a funny experience actually last night. I'm, I'm trying to learn the game of golf. Don't ask me why, but I just decided I want to be able to hit a golf ball well. And I used to play a lot of baseball when I was younger. And so I got this, I, I go to the coaches and it's one of these courses and I go, well, I'm just going to the most expensive because they're probably the best and most experienced. So I, I picked this guy and I, I, I sit with him last night and I had that same experience again that what I expected a coaching session to be would be me just hitting a thousand balls to get my money's worth. And it was sort of hitting 10 conversations, adjustments, philosophy. And I came out of it and it was so profound that I forgot that 
I need to stop trying to control <laughs> control the people I get to do what I want. It's it's so important when you understand the process of bringing those sort of people into your life, isn't it? Absolutely. It's growth mindset, abundance mindset. How how did you do by the end of the lesson? Straight and far or not? <laughs> I, I, I won't bore the listeners, but it was I knew fundamentally that I could never hit a ball as bad as I used to after that hour because my body right. and my head wouldn't ever allow it to do it again. So, for me, it was I would have paid 10 times the amount. It was just, it was such an interesting transition, but I hadn't had it in quite a while because we get so busy and when you pick up a new skill, you forget the fundamentals oh. of you have to get early coaching lessons support or you just head down the wrong path. Totally. Uh, I think it's everything. It's so well said. And once you go through an experience like we're, we're talking about, it actually opens up a limitless mindset as well, because yeah. you start to think about that as it's not, could I achieve this? It's, well, I'm going to achieve this. And who will I hire to help me do this? You know, because we are all absolutely limitless and you have to invest in, if, if it's something you're interested in, you know, invest in top coaches or like you said yourself, a lesson. I actually just, my husband is embarking on golf as well. He's just starting. He just got his first set of golf clubs. Excellent. And <laughs> his lesson, his first lesson is tomorrow and, and he is super amped and it's just this mindset of you're not going to know everything about everything, you know, and being willing to learn and grow and apply. Um, the world is limitless, really. It really, really is. Oh, absolutely. When, when you guys are down under, you'll have to come past and we take you a few of our wonderful golf courses down here. We're a bit spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a deal. Sounds like a deal. I've been talking to a few people, uh, obviously, over the last 12 months, but we have a private group of entrepreneurs. And one of the things they speak about regularly is this mindset around what is real commitment. And I'm just wondering to get your take on it because you've had a couple of career transitions or you've been stacking your career to head to and we'll get to where you, what the things you're doing today. But have you always had a total commitment type of philosophy or has this been something you've developed over the experiences you've had? Um. That was instilled in me in my home, actually growing up. My parents in Canada, they ice curl. Do they ice curl in Australia? No, but we know what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Throwing the rocks down down the ice and they sweep and they hurry hard. Uh, My father was a national level curler. um, And my mother, they curled competitively as well. And they golfed in the summer competitively. And uh, both my sister and I, our pregnancies were planned around their sporting schedule. So I grew up around this sort of mindset. And when you start something, you see it through. And that, that was the mindset my father and mother really instilled in me. But as I grew and evolved and, and went, you know, through, through life, I think choosing, you know, what, for example, my dental hygiene career, investing $100,000 in an education and practicing for seven years and walking away and saying, I'm going to try something new. Is that a failure or is that a lack of commitment on my part? You realize, right? Well, you choose. Um, and I was saying, you know what? I've won. I've, this was, this is the end of the road for me. I have over committed and it's time for me now to, to make that change. So I did grow up very much 
in a commitment when you start something, you finish it, but also knowing when to get out, if I could say that. Also knowing when I've committed and my time is done here and it's time for me to move on in my journey. That's an interesting one, Rail, because we we talk in, in talk with our clients around setting stop losses for things. Because I think one of the things that some entrepreneurs struggle with is they're so good at absorbing pain because they think stopping something is giving up. And there's a maturity or a, I guess, a self-realization when you realize I'm not giving up. There's just a better path or something that's more there. And I think that's a very difficult one for some people because I, I think there's a great stubbornness that's brilliant for some parts of the business, but you really can stick with things for decades longer than you should. How do you find that calibration? How, how do you know when it's time to stop doing something that made sense a few years ago? Yeah, oh, I love, I love that question, Tim. Um, I think definitely looking at your happy factor is this, is this making me happy? Cause ultimately that's how I define success. And is this serving me? Is this, is this paralleling with my greater purpose in my life? And really, really a simple way to look at that, I think too, is just to go, um, what's working and what's not working. Is this something that's working for me or something that's not working for me? You know, kick it or pick it. And to not stay stuck marinating in something for too long. We're not trees. We're not rooted in, we're not rooted in the ground. And it's, it is, it's that maturity and growth to really sit back and look at things. When your time is up, you should move. You should move because there is, if you're feeling that inside, there is something greater around the corner right there waiting for you. Couldn't agree with you more. And I, I, maybe that's a great place to talk about some of the times that made you rethink what you were doing. There was a transition when you were playing at this sort of professional level in the fitness and things like that. But there were some of the things that would they almost say incongruent with nutrition and how you served. I mean, you moved from the fitness into RyeFit, but there was a really heavy push around your personal take on nutrition and the way that you wanted to approach health and fitness. Do you mind taking us into that? Because I think that's very interesting because I, I love the idea of, hey, we need coaches and we need that, but it doesn't mean all coaches are right. And, and this is really, right. I think, important. I'd love to hear your story around this because I think this is critically important for most people. Okay, great. Now, for 10 years then, the greater part of my athletic career, so from 2006 to 2016, I just slowly was climbing the ranks, professional athlete, and then building building my business. Um, yeah. And I was doing the two simultaneously. I had worked with countless numbers of coaches. Um, and I learned a lot from many, many different professionals in the industry and out of the fitness industry as well. Mindset coaching, you know, wasn't just about nutrition and training, you know, it was all encompassing. But I hit a point um, where and I had studied, you know, nutrition myself, but I had believed in investing so 2016, so I'd been 10 years in, it looked like to the world, I was on top of the world. I had just applied to compete globally with Schwarzenegger. Um, and I was accepted as one of the 10 fitness athletes that were chosen. Uh, we, Incredible. We, we were in Australia. Like I get goosebumps when I talk about it because it this year changed my life on so many levels. So my dreams were were coming true. But what what happened to him was I... I was just burning the candle at both ends, um, you know, and you're trying to just keep going. I wasn't listening to my body. We started in Ohio, uh, in Columbus. That was his home and he had expanded globally. So we just started traveling the world. This is what we were doing, um, running my consultancy while I was traveling. 
And I, I had a sports injury with my wrist. I had to actually, I went and I had cortisone injection to try to continue to keep going. And my body just started to break down. So it sort of started with that trigger of like, I'm exhausted all the time. Now I've had a sports injury, but I can't stop the stress of really managing a full-time consultancy on the road, dealing with time change in Australia and Canada and Dubai and getting up at all hours, you know, of the night and day to, to work. Um, I was also personally going through a painful divorce at the time. Um, I had been married together with my husband for seven years. My marriage was exploding. No one knew this at the time. Mm. Um, and I was considering a leap, actually moving my, the country I was living in. At that time, I was living in um, Barbados. Um, my, wow. my body basically started shut down from this stress. I started to gain fat. I started to lose muscle. I had full on adrenal failure. And for the listeners that aren't sure what that is, our adrenal glands, you know, little glands in our bodies that they basically pump out hormones and they support almost every function in our, in our body. It's imperative that our adrenal glands are working properly because um, they manage and balance all of our hormones. So I had adrenal fatigue. My entire um, hormones, my thyroid started to actually shut down on me. Wow. Um, I had to start on hormone replacement therapy. I was 37 at the time. So this was this vicious cycle of overtraining. Um, So this starts to happen to me. And what I really needed to do, obviously, was pull the pin on my my dreams and, <laughs> and call a timeout and just go sit on the bench for a while. But I didn't. I um I continued to train. I I over I was overtraining. I was under eating. I was over restricting calories. And out of all of this, I developed uh, a binge eating disorder. I I had never had an unhealthy relationship with food. As competitors, we deal with this a bit. But this year, it went over the edge. I basically lost all like awareness and mindfulness with my food. Mm. My work performance hit an all-time low. Performance was just tank. So I'm giving you this is yeah, the yeah. reality of thank you by the way entire decade. Just want to I want to keep it really real uh, because if you were to look at photos and and um, videos of what I was doing at the time, it's like what you know this is. Absolutely unbelievable that this was what was going on. So I did overcome this. Um, I had to take an entire year off of competing. I had to heal like my body, my mind, my soul. I never, ever, ever thought I would recover from it. Like it was just so, it was the darkest time. All of this was just dark. I I had to withdraw from the Olympia, which was the, for us, it's like our Olympics. We are invited to compete at the Arnold. The Olympia is you have to qualify to step on that stage. And that's like the end of the year, our our Olympics. And I actually withdrew and I went into a dark, dark place. And I I managed after a year to pull myself out of it. Um, And this was the the most valuable experience. I mean, I, I now I realize like obstacles are opportunities and life really is happening for us, you know, not not to us. And our setbacks are just incredible opportunities because I, I managed to, you know, shift my mindset from this hustle, 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 grind, grind, everything that I was feeling. I'm just like, well, this is what it's supposed to feel like. 
Yeah. I want to be the best. Like, like Tim, for me, number four wasn't good enough. Mm. Like I want to be number one. And this fitness was like my light during that time. It was like I could control fitness and nutrition when my outside world, my personal life was falling apart. So I basically took this entire year off and I shifted everything, everything, Tim, like not even, it wasn't about shifting diet Mm. or training. I shifted my mindset. Like I said, I stopped pushing myself hard every day. I started actually listening to my body, connecting to my body, giving my body what it needed, more rest, less pressure, more mindfulness, tapping into abundance and growth mindset, really connecting there. My workouts completely changed, like low duration, low intensity sessions Mm. instead of all the hit, all the grind that I was doing. My mindset around nutrition um, became completely different. A focus on micronutrients and quality over macros. Um, So looking at vitamins, minerals, phytonutrients, antioxidants, fiber, how can I like eat to thrive versus just looking at my body as one physical dimension? The body you see in the mirror, when we really look at ourselves more holistically, and we take a more holistic approach to to who we are, it extends so much further than just our physical health. And it's important to thrive and to be our best that we incorporate all of these dimensions. Really, it's, it's wellness versus health. Tell me, upon reflection of that experience, was there anything that you could say to yourself at that time that would have broken you prior to the pattern of where you were heading? Because I I know at times when I've had sort of intensity and it's like, this is all I'm focused on right now. Sometimes I've got to pull myself up. I've even got my wife who's very supportive of all my adventures. But when I I think I'm going to learn golf now, that can become a seven day a week, 24-7 thing until I've got to a point where I'm doing what I want. So, I've got to sometimes pull my back going, doesn't matter if this takes a couple of years, this doesn't need to happen in a week. But is there anything that you could have said to yourself, do you think, to disrupt that pattern? Or is it a rite of passage, do you think we need to go through as that, I guess, self-discovery that most of us need to, at some stage, challenge ourselves with? Right. No, that's a great question. It's double-sided because I don't regret that yeah. this happened to me. I'm so thankful and I help so many women either if they've gone through this, they reach out to me and I, I help them overcome or I help many women who are going down that road. I help prevent total you know, burnout and, and, and body breakdown like this with hormones and uh, adrenals. I mean, looking at it, I realize I... You, you cannot pursue at that level of excellence, really two things at once. And I didn't want to just maintain that consultancy. I was trying to like grow my business. <laughs> um, I was doing that. And then I was trying to climb the ranks as a pro athlete and get to the top, you know, and, and, and be at that first, that first place and finish at my best. And I felt the pressure because of my age as well, you know, mm. coming up to 40, it was like, it's now or never. But I had bills to pay, right? And um, I think looking back, over committing, over committing is where (laughs) we end up under producing. And we've all, we're all guilty of any (laughs) overachiever. Sign me up, I'm in. Yeah, Um, yeah, I can do it. (laughs) But I realized um, when I came back in 2017, it was just, I, I mean, I don't even have the words to convey 
where I was at on my journey. Like I just stepped on that stage and I was like, body, mind, soul. I am just a 2.0 version of myself. And I won. I won. I qualified for the Olympia with that win right away, right up like, and I came in late. The Olympia is September and this was like July. And everyone's like, are you going to make it? Are you feeling pressured? I'm like, no, I know my body's not ready yet. When I allowed myself the time to recover fully and apply myself fully, mm. so keep my business at you know where it's at now, I actually scaled down my business to look at there's maybe two or three years max left in this little small window of my life to pursue my athletic dreams. Why am I trying to do everything? Yeah. You know, and focus on that. So what I did, Tim, I gave myself 25 hours a week to train, to be the pro athlete. There's no guarantee unless you win, you're going to be paid either. So I was like, I'm prepared to, if this is a loss, this was an investment in myself. And I I made the the conscious choice to to do that. So looking back over committing is completely what, what blew me up when I was able to commit fully and actually sit down and go, what do I need for time to do this? You know, and where Mm. do I want to invest my time? We, We know we don't spend it. We choose. I was investing my time in areas that were not going to support this goal or me achieving this goal healthy. It's, it's really interesting, uh, Raul. Some of our entrepreneurs, when they're going through this stage of overwhelm or burnout during their businesses and when we get them, I, I challenge them to work a four-day week because the, the idea of it is, is uh, just tell me what would happen if you took Friday off every week because my feeling is you'd find some efficiencies and it wouldn't be any worse. And what they they generally argue and then they try it and then we start with an hour and then we start with two hours and we have Friday. And then my idea is to get them out for the whole week because I want them to have a business that runs itself, not working in the business unless they choose to. Did you find when you set that boundary around 25 hours, did you find efficiencies that revealed themselves because you had that set limit or is it it, – just take me through that experience because I completely subscribe to that philosophy of having the boundaries around where I need to have a result as opposed to 24-7, which I think is a ridiculous mindset because you'll just end up heading to a bad place. Totally. You're just going to burn out. Yes, it allowed me – the analogy I love to use is it allowed me to clear the runway. You know, a yeah. plane can't land on a runway that's full of planes, you know, or the table with the three legs. You know, you need, you've got to have that solid foundation. Um, I needed to hit rock bottom to, for myself to figure out what that was. And then jumping back in, you know, and realizing, oh my gosh, this is actually, this feels good. It, it's always hard. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. this was not painful struggle. Um, on my pursuit of excellence, you know, chasing my dreams. This is just amazing. And that's what actually I continued on that, on that path. Because if we do less with more focus, you will be blown away with the outcome of that. It's absolutely so powerful when you apply yourself fully, right? Instead of being so yeah. scattered all the time. I love the idea, like you just said, take Friday off. I just challenged my my team live this morning, actually, the, the clients I work with, the weekends, you know, self-care, everyone works Monday to Friday, things are opening up. Why are you jamming your weekend solid? Why don't you create some white space for yourself? And I'm going to actually challenge you to schedule that white space for yourself as well, because then Monday starts and we're burnt out before we kick off. So these are like things that are really, when we talk about them, like they're really simple strategies. 
But why are they so difficult? Why are they so difficult to adhere to? Our list of things to do is miles long with our businesses and around the house. And what about your family? And you know, there's so many things. Why not get micro clear on creating a realistic and doable task schedule for yourself? What's important? Everything's important, but urgent versus important. You know, and, well, and I think getting really clear on that and, and making sure it's realistic as well. Because if you're setting yourself up for the fail, you're never going to generate momentum with anything. And I, I feel momentum. Once I was able to generate momentum, I was unstoppable. Like no one could touch me because yeah. that was the secret sauce. But if you, if you overcommit and you set back, right, you're never going to generate momentum. You're always drowning yourself in half a glass of water. So- I, I, I agree totally, Rael. I, I, one of the, the mindset work we do with our guys, they sort of, once they've got their business under control a little bit, they've got, you know, the sales and marketing working, there's a trajectory, we've got a strategic plan, all the things that you'd expect in sort of a high performance business and one that's running well. But then actually reconditioning people of what selfishness is. And part of our philosophy is you have to be selfish for yourself to be a good CEO, which means you need to have the things that drive you. So, what a lot of these entrepreneurs we found, particularly with families, they've sacrificed so much. As soon as they get some free time, they're all in to try and make up for it. And we sort of say, well, no, you need to actually take some time for you so you can bring your best version to each of your business, your family. That's not selfishness. That's the role of a CEO. That's the role of a business owner to actually turn up in your best mindset and health being, I think, directly part of that. I say mindset, but wellness is probably the better word. But I, I think that's a similar thing that you're, you're talking about. You, you have to know what you need to be at your most powerful and more of it starting from the neck up rather than <laughs> the neck down, even though it's important to have both. Totally. And I mean, on an individual basis, like only you know what, what that is. And I think us as coaches, our job is to, is to really dive in on an individual basis and, and help people create that successful platform, which is going to be different for, for everyone. Um, but I think, you know, for those listeners that are listening that maybe are feeling overwhelmed right now and they're feeling like, Oh, that what I discussed, what happened to me, you know, this burnout. Just take take that step back and realize that when you're setting up, maybe you have a nine to five right now, and you're setting up your business. You, you, you know, you just can't have too many irons irons in the fire. And realize to set up a business and get yourself going to the point where then you can scale. Once you're set up, and ultimately we all want to be there. We all want to be working more on our businesses, right, and yeah. less for our businesses. But you can, you'll never get there if you don't really step back and actually apply these these strategies that we're talking about. It's like you said, it's not selfish and everyone's self-care is a little bit different, but having that white space for yourself to really, I think, connect the mind and the body, they have to connect or else you just every day, you're hitting this to-do list and you're the hamster on the reel, right? Yeah, That's totally. you every day. And that's not what entrepreneurship really ultimately should be. You know, when you're so purpose-filled and passion-filled, you can get your business to that level. Like I I can't believe where 2021, where I've been able to scale my business to levels I would have never dreamt possible, Tim. Like I just get goosebumps because I'm the real deal. I'm the girl that started at the bottom. (laughs) I had a dream and I was so incredibly passionate. I was leaving like a a six-figure career in the dental world to step into online coaching you know, well, I've got my two clients, you know, and I don't, I, I don't know what this is going to 
that looked like. Um, there were months where I would eat tuna out of a can. Um, I'm not kidding. You know, frozen vegetables, that was what I could afford. And you've got to believe in yourself. You've really got to believe in your vision and get micro clear on what you're doing. If you're feeling overwhelmed, it's normal, it's natural, but step back, step back. And like you said, take, challenge yourself to like take that Friday off or actually take, you know, yeah, schedule. Like I just said to my team this morning, take that half day on yeah. Saturday. I challenge you to do nothing, to plan that you have nothing to do. Agreed. Fill your cup, you know, fill your cup up so you can continue to spill over into everyone else and watch your ideas flow, watch your productivity. You're going to crush your productivity. It's really powerful to see when you invest that energy in the right places, um, what comes back to you. I couldn't agree more. We, we, silly enough, tried to track it once upon a time, which was the best ideas that came out of doing nothing. Because I was, I was the same right. thing. I found myself going fishing or doing something that had nothing to do with business. And it was so infrequent because I was working so hard earlier on. And then I just, it started to make sense. It's like every time I actually do nothing, we have this huge growth in the business. And we, we, I spoke about on an earlier podcast that the thing that was most interesting for my wife and I, because we were running, um, we run businesses and our, our group together is we had a trip to Greece and we got a boat and I just assumed there was Wi-Fi on the boat. So we're going to run our business while we were sailing around we, in Greece. And we got to the boat. There was no oh, Wi-Fi. Wow. And we're in the middle of the Aegean. And we're like, we're not even set up to run our business. And all we had was our intern in the office back in Melbourne. So we emailed oh her and said, you got this because <laughs> so, we had no option. And we came back and the business grew by 13%. And it was such a, it switched the whole reality of what business actually is and the, the way that I was just missing the actual game. And from now on, we just try and do more of nothing at times. And it always happens. Yeah. It always happens. Oh, my gosh. That's a great story, right? That's a great story. You were forced, you were yeah. forced to, to do nothing. But out of that came your most creative space. Yeah. White space is just incredible. You know, it's incredible. We, we, we always we're, we're pushing ourselves for productivity, productivity. But you have to realize that is your greatest asset right there. So... I love that story. What a, what a trip that must have been. To be honest with you, the first two days were a little stressful when we were looking at each other going, I hope we've still got a company. But after that, we gave in to it's going to be what it's going to be. We may as well just enjoy the aqua waters of the Eugene while we're here. <laughs> I had a similar experience. Actually, I traveled to Havana. I hopped over and um, I didn't realize how there's no Wi-Fi anywhere in Cuba. Like it's <laughs> You can buy the cards, but the cards don't work. And I plan to work. Uh, the same thing. And it was this like 24 hour of like, uh, I mean, yeah. and then I'm like, what do you do? Right. You have to just let these things go. I'm like, team, I'm out of office. Um, everyone will be extended a week. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and it, it's a great, we don't realize when you can just relax fully. It's when we work, work fully, when we relax, relax fully. And I think it's a strategy I've applied since my burnout. And it's helped me immensely. And I also encourage my clients to do the exact same thing. You know, when you're doing something, just be in it fully. It sounds like you're in a really good flow in your business at the moment. You know, I, I always say this when we interview people, 
we always have stuff going on, don't we? That we, you know, there's always going to be stuff, but that's the game we're playing. But tell me, where, where are you at in your business right now? Are you, are, are you feeling powerful as the CEO of your business and, and where you're heading over the next decade? Because it sounds like the lessons that you got through the fitness and your experience over that period are really translating well into the trajectory of your company. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the, from fitness, I mean, I those lessons, right? The, the commitment, the discipline, the focus. Yeah. It's been beautiful. And it's because I, I didn't study business at all. Um, I, I hired business coaches, um, but I, this was not what I studied. And no, it's, I, I've never been more excited, Tim. I fly out of bed every single day. I'm truly pulled by what I'm doing. I found my calling, you know, and I feel very blessed that my passion and my purpose are also my career. And I yeah. know you guys feel the, the exact same way. Nothing's more fulfilling for me than sharing my knowledge and expertise and experiences, right? To help people really level up in their entire lives. So I'm at, I'm at a, a point where I'm really actually, I'm so excited. At 42 years old, I've just become a mom. Um, so Congratulations. <laughs> wow. Thank you. <laughs> I should say 42 years young, um, uh, but thank you. Th- do you have kids, Tim? No, no, I, I don't. It's, a, it's probably something we need to start considering. We've, we're of similar ages, so I think it's sort of maybe I'm in that now or never gap <laughs> that you were talking about. <laughs> well, I highly recommend it. It was something I was like, you know, I'm on the fence about this and my business, you know, when I got pregnant, I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> But first the year I was scaling my business and I was doing, um, I run global wellness retreats and I had just secured um, Bali, um, which a lot of my Australian followers were attending, Costa Rica. Wow. And I'm thinking like, okay, pregnant, like this is obviously, uh, this is not happening. And um, now being a mom and actually having my business at the point where I am working I am working on it. I'm not working as much for it. I shouldn't say there's always pockets of times where you have to go back and streamline and work on your your business. But now um, being able to scale and now having my my daughter to actually, she has created hard stops for me. Like there's no more great, you know, the five o'clock stops are not (laughs) 637. And I've never been more excited because my pregnancy has in a lot of ways, humanized me. Um, I've been able to relate a lot more to women who weren't competitors, you know, who maybe looked at me and thought like, this is crazy. I could never do what she's yeah, doing. Yeah. Uh, and now they watched me, you know, at 41 years old, pregnant and going through this journey. And um, it's added so much value to my life. And it's actually um, my partner, the support I've received as well, has inspired me to scale this business to new levels. So when COVID hit, it was this sort of panic for me. I lost about 30% of my online coaching clients, my one-on-one private consulting clients. But um, what I did was I, I I just pivoted. I looked at it, pivot over panic. Let's look at this as an opportunity to scale. What does my audience need? And for any, you know, maybe new entrepreneurs who are at that point where they can't quite break that six figures, they're so close. This is what's going to do it for you is creating those multiple revenue streams, right? And just being able to invest in your business and scale. So I, I launched a series of digital programs, not ebooks, but actual programs. And I, I did it all pregnant, <laughs> which is also an exciting uh, venture. The training videos and loads of nutrition. And um, I also started my fitness business coaching, meant like a mentorship program 
versus one-on-one business coaching. So coaching other fitness professionals, how to set up their own business. So it was that next level of being an entrepreneur. Here I am. I started online fitness uh, nutrition coaching when there wasn't any fancy apps or (laughs) I was using PDF like documents and manual billing. And I mean, it was, you know, now from all my failures, um, I've learned so much and I've actually put together a six week program that has allowed fitness professionals to set up online quickly. Like I just, I mean, I, I learned the hard way. It took me a decade. It took me a decade to literally figure this out and it's all in there. And I have now run the course twice um, since the pandemic a year ago. Um, And it's given me this sense of um, beautiful fulfillment on an entirely different level where I'm actually now helping coaches set up versus helping helping people get fit, get well, you know, perform better, think better, feel better. It's this whole nother level of um, fulfillment for me. So I'm, I'm, I'm not stopping. I'm not stopping. And I've set very realistic goals and guidelines um, mm. around what that now looks like, Tim, for me. But I feel like the sky is the sky's the limit through my setbacks, um, hormone imbalance with women. I mean, I'm so passionate about that. And I, I know this so well, I know this so well inside out. And it's at, it's a beautiful place to be at where you're able to scale and make the impact, you know, you were born to make mm. without having hustle, without having the hustle. So like if anyone's listening and they're just feeling that, that hustle, I mean, I hope a lot of this that we've discussed today really you know, if you're taking notes, I hope there's at least one thing you take away from this. Because if I can do this at 5% body fat and <laughs> um, traveling the world, you know, I was like out of my mind, literally, you know, pursuing a dream and on the back end, you know, building a multi six figure entrepreneurship, it can be done. It really, really can. And I hope there was some nuggets of wisdom in there today. <laughs> uh, Ro, thank you. And I, I, I think to just to close out our conversation, it might be very obvious to our listeners, but I'll ask you directly anyway, your superpower or what makes you backable, which sounds a bit silly after our conversation, <laughs> because I think there's multiple, multiple things. But what, what do you deep down know? And with the humility being aside, what, what makes you a backable person? Oh, um, I mean, the first thing that just comes to my mind when you ask me that is um, my ability to tap into gratitude on a daily basis and apply that to actually being limitless and having this growth mindset every single day. No matter what happens to me, I'm the duck. It rolls off my back and I actually can turn really difficult situations into winning, winning situations every single day. And it's taken me so long to get there. But that's something I'm really proud of and I, I love to share with, uh, with my clients as well. Well, Rael Graeber, thank you very much for your time this morning. And for everyone listening, check out the links below. Hit Rael up. Have a look at all the things she's doing. Follow, support, and as, as our great community does. But again, Rael, thank you very much for your time, your insights, and being so honest. I know that our audience will get a hell of a lot of nuggets out of this. And it was an extremely <laughs> enjoyable chat. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me here. Everybody, you got this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's all the time we have for this week. Thank you to Rael for joining us. We highly recommend you connect with Rael and Ryfit, and you can do so via the links in the show notes below. And if you're really brave, why not try out one of her workouts from her YouTube channel? Let us know how you go. If you have enjoyed the podcast, please share the episode on your social so that others can too. 
And as always, don't forget to like, follow, and leave a review. Have a great week, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Bye.